What are cryptocurrencies? What are NFTs? Time to buy Bitcoin. Buy and hold. Time to sell to whales. Decentralized finance, smart contract, white paper. Well, then buy it. Well, then sell it. I don't know. Every day, there's something new happening in crypto. New coins, new layers, new possibilities. Ups and downs, the space keeps getting wider and more complicated. And let's be honest, for many, that is just too much. So if you're curious and you find it all a little overwhelming, then you've come to the right place. From Ledger, my name is Moel Said, and I'm happy to be welcoming you on the first episode of our new podcast on the Ledger, live from Paris. By hosting prominent members of the community, diving into their projects and vision, On The Ledger will give you clear explanations, inspiring conversations and exclusive insights to help you navigate the world of cryptocurrencies, Web3 and all that it brings to the table. Now you can finally relax, keep up the pace and stay up to date. Today, I'm very happy to be hosting Munir Ben Shalman. Munir is spearheading the DeFi revolution. He is the founder of Paraswap, the unique decentralized exchange aggregator that offers a simple, fast and safe way to exchange Ethereum tokens. We'll be joined by Fabrice Dautria. Fabrice is the head of Ledger's coin integration, a brilliant engineer who leads the work on integrating a great number of projects in the Ledger ecosystem. Together, we'll be discussing a variety of subjects ranging from DeFi's user experience, potential of mass adoption, and challenges. We'll also be discussing Ledger's platformization strategy and how it falls into place with the integration of Paraswap. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Without any further delay, let's jump right into it. Munia, Fabrice, welcome to On The Ledger. It's a pleasure to be having you here today on our first episode. Thank you. Hey, Mohsin. Thank you very much. Allow me to kick off the conversation by trying to provide an easy gateway to the topic for our listeners. Uh, we'll start with a couple of questions, the um, type of questions that people are sometimes afraid to ask. We call them the not-so-stupid question, because as you know, in crypto, there is no such thing as a stupid question. So Munir, could you please give us a quick overview of what a DEX is and how Paraswap as a decentralized exchange aggregator differs from other DEXs? So DEX stands for Decentralized Exchange, uh, which is at the end an exchange that is non-custodial, which means the users still control their funds and the exchange is simply a software that will facilitate the exchange of value. Uh, and here we're talking about cryptocurrencies. So you will use it as a, any other exchange, except that the funds will go from your wallet, will make the exchange, and then the counterparty will arrive back to your wallet. And the good thing about decentralized exchanges is they are using smart contracts that are typically open source. So you would have more security using decentralized exchanges than using centralized exchanges. And could you elaborate more on the, on the aggregator part? So we know that you have decentralized exchanges, but Paraswap is a decentralized exchange aggregator. What, what does it add in terms of value for the, for the end user? And how does it work? So it's like uh, an Expedia or Booking.com. Uh, there are many markets. Uh, right now, there are dozens of markets. And in the future, you may expect to, be, to have hundreds, if not thousands of markets. Um, Prices are different in each market. It's exactly how travel, uh, travel, uh, I would say, websites work. Um, so Paraswap will try to get you the best deal. Like it will search all of those pools and try to find what is the best deal, and also try to find the combination of those. So, for instance, you are selling say 10 ETH to to USDC. Maybe uh, it will take 30% from one exchange and 70% of the other exchange. Maybe it will do more complex routes in order to maximize the price. So you will get, 
at worst case scenario, the best market price. But what you're looking for is getting a price that is better than the market when using an aggregator like Parasol. Okay, that's pretty clear. Fabrice, as head of Ledger's coin integration, you've been integrating projects for years now. Um, and I'd like you to maybe explain to our listeners what are the different types of projects that you integrate within the ecosystem and maybe how, and tell us how a little bit how it has been evolving in the, in the, in the past few years. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, an excellent question. Um, many um, Ledger users are familiar with the hardware wallet. Uh, many are uh, cryptocurrency uh, fans. Uh, so they use mostly the hardware wallet to manage their funds. So I would say the level one uh, of integration is really having the uh, blockchain support on the hardware wallet itself. So using a nano application. So that's the level one. Um, Level two, in my opinion, would be a Ledger Live blockchain support. So meaning you can use your hardware wallet in combination with Ledger Live, but then you can also manage your accounts, create transaction, send and receive tokens. And so this would be the level two. And now uh, with PowerSwap, we're starting the level three, I would say, which is um, adding services or new features on top of these blockchain supports. Uh, so yeah, with PowerSwap, you can do a lot of things. You can exchange tokens in a decentralized manner and you can do it, uh, like Munir was saying, directly from your wallet. So you are benefiting from the non-custodial service from Ledger um, while still interacting easily with the PowerSwap service. So that would be the level three of integration, in my opinion. And so we moved from having just nano applications and a bunch of services, and now we're trying to really uh, expand um, uh, uh, um, you know, all the services that will be made available to the, to the end user through Ledger Live directly. So since we have both of you here, it might be the perfect time to announce that Paraswap is now available in Ledger Live. Congratulations to both of you. The objective, of course, is to provide a more fluid, seamless, and secure experience and unlock more DeFi um, um, possibilities for Ledger users. Munir, today DeFi is, is a pretty complex and fragmented ecosystem. Um, as a matter of fact, it might be quite intimidating for, for any new user that gets into the, to the DeFi world. Um, what's your vision for Paraswap's adoption and DeFi's adoption in general? Yeah, I think... It's um, something that's going to take a lot of time, like maybe a few years to get into a broad adoption as a, on the standards of like fintech, for instance, like uh, eToro or Venmo and so on, to have this broad adoption and millions of users using DeFi every day. I think we're getting there. So compared to last year, we were talking about a few thousands of users. Now we're talking about already millions of users using DeFi across multiple blockchains like Ethereum and all those side chains. Um, right now, it's mostly driven by incentives. So people are going to use DeFi products because they are getting very big returns. But I think people will come for that, but they will stay for the value added of DeFi, uh, which is access to finance, which is transparency and security and, and so on. So I think we are getting there. We are accelerating an exponential growth that, we, that we're seeing right now. But we may still expect that this will happen in within a few years. Uh, one other thing is uh, integrations like Ledger that makes it very easy and within the same, I would say, wallet to access DeFi that will contribute a lot on the adoption uh, in DeFi, but also scaling solutions that are happening right now that are launching that will remove a lot of friction and a lot of UX challenges like why would someone know has to know about gas to use a, a fintech application? They just need to push a button and get things done and have the app or the infrastructure worry about those uh, those technical concerns. So I think we're getting there very fast, but to have this broad adoption, maybe it will happen within the next few years. 
you were talking about the, the, the partnership with Ledger. How do you think such partnerships could actually um, enhance the overall experience with regards to the frictions you were talking about? Well, first of all, users won't need to leave their mobile wallet, their ledger life. Uh, right now, what you're asking users is to scan QR codes or install browser extensions, save seed, uh, seed uh, phrases, and so on. Right now, all of this has been done once uh, on the most secure wallets we know today in crypto. So I think this will remove a lot of frictions that users have, and especially they are using mobile. And that's something we've seen, especially since uh, Q4 of last year, that more and more users are coming from mobile. And that's normal. That's what fintech has seen before. And I think that will be a great advancement in the usage of DeFi and the adoption of DeFi. And Fabrice, maybe Munir also spoke about the benefits for the Ledger user. But when you're integrating services like this, what's your vision about the overall uh, DeFi experience within the Ledger ecosystem? And, and how are you working on that uh, related to, uh, of course, the, the user experience and the seamlessness of it, but also the security side? Yep. Um yeah, DeFi is not uh, very mainstream yet, I would say. Uh, so Munir said it perfectly. I, I think one of the uh, of the greatest added value is really to have the user automatically logged in, for instance. You don't have to connect your wallet and do a lot of other uh, things before you can actually get started. Basically, you will have the Paraswap button. You just click on it and you get automatically logged in. Every Ethereum account that you have on Ledger Live, you will have access to them directly just by selecting it from a scrolling list. So yeah, we are removing frictions here, uh, and I think it's a it's a it's a nice first step. Uh, but uh, yeah, Ledger is known for being a security company, and so uh, w when we discussed uh, with Munir, we 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 started by saying, okay, there is a huge problem in DeFi right now. Uh, people are actually signing things, signing operations. So just maybe to explain a bit more, signing operations is you are actually approving something on the blockchain, and the way people are doing it uh, right now, it's like they really trust what they're signing. They just press the button on the nano and they just they don't really understand what they're approving. Uh, and because you cannot, you know, once it's done on the blockchain, you, you cannot modify it anymore. It's it's fairly dangerous. Um, so one of the requirements we had uh, and that we discussed with Munir uh, since the beginning is we need to find a way to make it really secure uh, in the sense that people need to understand that now they will verify what they're doing. Um, so yes, there is all the you know the friction removal and the auto login and things like that. But um, I would say more importantly, now when you trade Ethereum for USDC, you will be able to check on your Nano screen what you're actually uh, doing. You 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 will see the, the swap operation detailed on your Nano device. And, and to me, that's really the added value. And ju just to be clear, we we want it to be to be uh, available everywhere, not only in Ledger Live. So th th we actually updated our libraries so that any third parties can do it. So it's, it's not only about Ledger Live integration and ease of use, it's really trying to secure the entire DeFi ecosystem. So we are starting with Paraswap and I think it's, a, it's, a, it's really a, a great first step. Uh, hopefully many people from the DeFi industry will, uh, will join this movement and will try to build uh, these mini applications to secure um, DeFi even more. I think one of the interesting points as well is that this this sense of having everything in one place, because when you're starting maybe in, in the DeFi world or maybe like I'm, I, I've, I've been, you know, through the DeFi experience. And um, what's your view on, on having this this everything in, in, in one place? How, how does it actually solve things that are related to security? Whether it be, of course, verification, but also the fact that you might not need to move from one platform to another. So, um it's it's fairly difficult for me to answer this because 
Uh, right now, um, many DeFi protocols are running uh, either on Ethereum or on EVM compatible chains. So on chains that are really, really close to Ethereum. Um, but of course, people also own Bitcoins or, or other type of cryptocurrencies. So on Ledger Live, you, help, you will have access to all your cryptocurrencies in a single place. I think this has some added value. In the future, um, hopefully, you will have some type of bridges and you know applications that allow you to, to maybe use your Bitcoin to use them uh, on, on Ethereum through Rob Bitcoin or something else. So right now, we only have Paraswap. But uh, in the long run, I think we could have... Um, a bunch of tools and other applications that would maybe allow you to do more with your crypto. So moving on to our users question, to give you a quick background, uh, last week we asked their community on social media if they had any questions with regards to the decentralized exchange, but also the DeFi uh, um, ecosystem in a more general sense. Um, so one question came up and I thought it was pretty interesting and feel free to go first. What are DEXs missing to be able to compete uh, with banks? Munir, do you want to go first, or yeah, I go. Um, I think there is a we we still have the on ramp um, situation where, for instance, you know, as soon as you have Ethereum uh, or Dai or USDC, you're fine. You can you can do whatever you want in the in the DeFi world, uh, specifically on Ethereum in this case. But 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 if you don't own that, uh, if you don't have this type of cryptos, you still have this barrier to entry where you need to somehow use a centralized service to convert your fiat currency into, into cryptocurrency. Um, I'm, I'm not aware of, uh, of services that would, be, that would allow you to do it in a decentralized manner. So I, I think this is still, uh, this is still something that, that needs to be worked on, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm not uh, completely up to date on this topic, so maybe Munir knows more. Uh, I think that would be maybe one thing uh, banks are still needed for, uh, for the time being at least. Um, apart from that, you can see that in the DeFi ecosystem, you already have a lot of services that are directly competing with banking services like lending protocols or you know, where you can lend and borrow money. Um, but yeah, the, the fiat to crypto uh, service is still, uh, is still somehow a blocker in my opinion. Or maybe banks should become decentralized. And change the business model and become DeFi, <laughs> DeFi protocol. I think yeah, that's a ramp uh, on ramp in off ramps. It's a it's a big issue. But there is a project called Ramp Network that tries to create um, something like similar to Uniswap. So they have uh, liquidity pools in both fiat and crypto that allows the swaps to happen. So at the end, they are still working within the banking standards, like everything is compliant and KYC, AML, which is normal because we're talking about fiat. But they are trying to bring the principles of DeFi into fiat on-ramp and off-ramp. It's, it's very, very interesting. Allow me to pause you here. Could you please explain to our listeners what on-ramp, off-ramp means? Um, because I think that would be pretty pretty helpful in order to understand the overall explanation. Yeah, well, on ramp, when it's when you um, buy crypto with fiat, like when you come from fiat to crypto, and off ramp, when you exit, when you have crypto and you're exiting to fiat. So basically, what you're saying is that there are liquidity pools that allow you to actually make this uh, in a decentralized fashion. So if you look, for instance, how Uniswap works, you have two tokens like Ether and uh, DAI, for instance, and they hold the balance and they have to keep 50% each. So RAMP, for instance, RAMP Network, they have something similar. So you would have dollars, US dollars and Ether, 
and you will need to keep this balance between both. They have some specificities, of course. I mean, it's not exactly as Uniswap, but that's the point to bring to bring those two two liquidity pools and have them interact with the specificities of fiat and ramp network and so on. So it's time to move ahead and kick off the ledger forecast. To know how the weather is going to be like, one watches the weather forecast. If you want to know how cryptocurrencies, DeFi, and Web3 are going to evolve in the future, we've got you covered. This is the Ledger Forecast. Fabrice, we've discussed the integration of Paraswap, but can you tell us more about what it says about Ledger's future? What's your take on the evolution of the Ledger ecosystem? There seems to be a move um, from pure hardware security uh, to a more cohesive gateway to crypto services. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think you're right on that. To, to me, the way to see or explain this change um, of strategy at Ledger is really to try to be more open. So Ledger Live is open source, um, but we, we are trying to really work with partners from the crypto industry more and more. Um, right now, we have something like 140 applications on the Nano, so on the nano side of things. I think it's uh, it's quite good already, um, but we want to improve this and we want to improve the developer experience. So um, when we worked with Munir, we, we tried to do to do things as, as easily as possible uh, for them to, to be uh, directly listed in Ledger Live uh, through something we call the DAP browser, basically. Um, and we, we hope uh, that we'll improve this over time to make it even you know, easier for other people to actually join. Um, so yes, more services, um, but always keeping in mind that, yeah, we are trying to to make it easy for developers to interact with us more and more. Um, we are selling, selling hardware, that's for sure. We are selling security, that, that's for sure as well. But uh, in the end, it's the crypto services and all the people doing things and developing projects in the space that is actually that are actually building the crypto for the future. So it's, a, uh, it's important for us to try to give them a hand and help them build something within Ledger Live directly. Could you explain what a DAP browser is? Uh, well, um, DAP stands for Decentralized Application. Um, so if I, if I want to summarize it, basically, uh, PowerSwap is a, is a website. Uh, it's, it's, there is a front end, basically, you have a page where you go and you, you, you swap crypto uh, directly. What we, what we want to do is be able to rely on what uh, Munir's team um, has built already uh, and just made that available through Ledger directly. So we are not reinventing the wheel here. Uh, all the actual development was was done by Munir's team. Uh, what we're just doing here is trying to um, add an additional layer of security um, because now you can actually see what you what you do on, on your device and make everything um, easy to use through the Ledger Live interface. So the DAP browser works for PowerSwap. Uh, hopefully it will work for many other decentralized applications out there. Um, eventually, it could also work with not decentralized application, but standard application. So we are looking into ways of, uh, you know, to make things easier for uh, external developers to participate in that. Munir, for our listeners who don't know much about Paraswap, could you give us kind of a, a quick overview of, of how Paraswap evolved and then tell us about the future of Paraswap? What are the next big challenges that you're looking forward to? Yeah, so it's been created since 2019. Uh, Specifically in September 2019, it was launched. It went from a one-man army to now a team of a lot of developers. Um, we see the future as decentralized in terms of value exchange. So you can imagine the next few years, people will be able to trade Tesla shares 
with uh, tokens deposited on Aave or Compound in a single transaction. That obviously supposes that Tesla is tokenized and it's traded on a on a public blockchain. And we want to be this connective tissue or what you can assume as a middleware that facilitate those complex transactions and make them happen uh, instantly. So that's the, the idea. You know, in travel industries, as we were discussing in the beginning, you have the uh, aggregators like Kixpedia, Booking, and, and so on. You have the uh, companies, airline companies. And between those, there are layers or software layers that we have right now. One of them is Amadeus, it's also based here in Paris. So what we're building is an Amadeus, not an aggregator, and we're trying to empower other aggregators, like here with this integration of our UI, with other uh, other also other apps using our, our API. So this is what, what we're building, and we think in the future where the value exchange will happen on decentralized exchanges, uh, a tool like Parasop or an infrastructure like Parasop will be needed. So that question is for both of you, um, and maybe it's to have a less of a self-centered perspective. What would you say excites you the most about the future of crypto? What are you despe desperately waiting for, the innovation that kind of excites you the most? Um, maybe I can try to, to go first on this one. So um, I, I've been uh, closely following the NFT trend recently. Uh, I find it very interesting. Um, so there is a lot going on there. Uh, it's probably a bit early still. So I suppose in the next few months, or even years, we'll see uh, actual, you know, uh, project being developed and, and standard uh, emerging in the space. Um, another thing, absolutely not correlated with the, with the NFT, uh, is I'm still waiting for the Lightning Network to, to become something really, really used. Uh, I don't know if it will happen, but it's uh, kind of my uh, personal uh, hobby and, and really the project that I'd like to see, uh, to, to, to see evolve a, a bit more. So personally, that's uh, what I'm waiting for in the next uh, few months. Right, I definitely agree with Lightning in all scaling solutions. This is what will make crypto mainstream. Uh, it will look, I mean, crypto will look like uh, using uh, traditional finance and also traditional currency. Like when you make a payment, you won't need to pay high fees and also wait for too long. It will just happen immediately and with very low fees. So I think uh, scaling solutions are the key and this is what we're all looking for. So basically it's the move from um, stores of value to mediums of exchange. Well, maybe not only, um, because he, he, I, I know uh, Paraswap is already working uh, on you know Polygon and, and Binance Smart Chain. I don't know actually if you're if you're already on it, but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, well, the you have many many different ways to you know make transactions faster. Uh, I I yeah I said Lightning, but maybe it's not the only solution. You have a lot of other uh, layer two or, or uh, scalability solution out there. Um, yeah, so I, I think you're right. To, to reach mainstream adoption, we need to make it easier. We need to remove the, the gas fees, the transaction time, and everything like, that is super confusing for you know, all the newcomers to this space. And I think this will serve also for both cases. Like if you're a holder and seeing your asset as a store of value, so if you're a hodler, and uh, at some point you will have to either off-ramp or maybe exchange to something else, and the friction will come in at that time. So I would say scaling solutions are necessary anyways, no, no matter what happens. Also for Bitcoin, I would say maybe for big transactions, you will maybe not worry about the scaling solutions because the amounts are important. But for any normal people use who are not, I would say, uh, high net worth individuals, this will, this will make a lot of sense and will add a lot of value. It basically democratizes the, the access to the blockchain and cryptocurrencies in general. Makes sense. 
What about your biggest fear? And how, how do you think we can prevent it? Outage security, to, to be honest, this is the biggest fear because the problem with crypto is this is a um, unregulated market and it, they cannot be regulated in any way, no matter what happens, they will never be as regulated as any traditional finance. So if someone loses their crypto, they are just lost and there is no way to recover them. Uh, if I would lose my Tesla shares or my Apple shares, maybe I can call someone and have my problem solved. But this is not the case for crypto. So I would say security is the biggest challenge we have right now in crypto. And this once this is figured out uh, for anyone like in, like we say in France for Madame Michou, this will this will be uh, this will be um, this will get us into a next levels in into the main mainstream adoption as we were, were talking about. Yeah, your keys, your crypto, like we always say. What about you, Fabrice? Um, I'm uh, I'm not really concerned actually. I, I think uh, I, I think everything will will be fine. Uh, but um, I don't like so much to you know hearing, for instance, Ray Dalio worrying about government banning crypto or trying to 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 really uh, uh, prevent it from from growing even more. And when you see we. We are now uh, something around a trillion dollar market cap. We reach two two trillion dollar. Uh, the entire industry reach uh, above two trillion dollar, and at that moment you had this uh, new narrative coming in, like uh, oh, it's not uh, it's not okay for the environment, or uh, it's dangerous. And we have always the same you know the same things uh, over. We are hearing them over and over again. Um, so I'm not worried because it's 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 always been there and it's just coming back. But um, the more the more the crypto industry grow, uh, the more these complaints are are, are getting loud. I think, uh, and people are listening to it more and more. Uh, just look at Twitter. This uh, this environmental debate is is really everyone is is getting involved. So it's it's interesting to see. Um, I'm not really concerned, uh, but uh, it's uh, it's exciting to see where it will go and how it will shape the industry in the future. So I'd like to tie off this interview with a question I'm sure many of our listeners would benefit from. We call it a tip for crypto first grade there. You guys have been involved in Cryptoland for many years. So the idea here is to enable our audience to benefit from your experience, uh, as I'm sure you've been through a lot. So here comes the question and feel free to go first. Uh, what's your ultimate tip to somebody who's just starting their crypto journey? The thing you wish you knew at the time or the biggest mistake to avoid? I would say the first thing is education, is before investing on anything. Uh, people should learn about what they're doing and understand how the tech work, even at a high level. Nobody is required to be a developer to understand, I mean, the underlying blockchain and how it works or a specific protocol. So I would say education is the key, even if it will maybe give the perception that there is a, a missing out, like, I'm not investing, I'm learning, so I'm not, I may miss out on something, but it's much better to lose a, to lose a significant amount just because we haven't understood what's, what's happening. So I would say education is the key. That's the piece of advice I can give to anyone coming here for the first time. Yeah, I would say exactly the same thing. I would say don't don't FOMO in. Basically, um, that that was my mistake at the beginning. Um, like price are going up, everyone is super excited. Okay, you, you put a, a bit of money on that, and and then you lose about a bit of money. Uh, and at this stage, you have two solutions: uh, either you just forget about it, and that's it, you lost money, or you start looking into it even more, and you read about this, and you try to understand how it works. Um, in retrospect, I would say it's better to go the other way around. Start reading and and you know understanding what you're actually putting money in, uh, and 
And once you've done that, basically, even even if you lose money, at least you have learned something, uh, and so you're not you're not completely a loser in this case. Um, but uh, that that was my my bad uh, my bad uh, how to say that was habit. The, yeah, I I started this way and it was not correct actually. Yeah, I think it's a pretty interesting point because nowadays you know every every single person who gets into the crypto crypto sphere in general they they constantly are on Twitter following Twitter feeds and it's a pretty interesting thing because we mentioned you know Twitter and social media before and I think. One of the the, the the main pressures or the things related to um, making people FOMO in is basically being stuck to their to their screens all the time and maybe following news. At, at your when you when you first got into crypto, was Twitter like that? Was there a crypto Twitter back back in the day like like this one? Uh, for, for me, it was like 2012. There were only like newsletters and forums and stuff like that. But I wasn't really, I mean, uh, into crypto. I was just following, especially on a technical point of view. In 2013, there were more events, uh, some Twitter people, but it was like really, really niche compared to, 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 to today. But I think 2017, this is where things have exploded and everyone is talking about crypto. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah. 2017 is the is the moment uh, crypto twitter was born uh, basically um maybe a bit earlier but uh but still and at at this moment uh people were more talking about price uh, than actual technology or project uh it's still very much the case but you also have a lot of of great people on twitter to follow that are actually trying to explain things uh, so i would say it's just a matter of who you are following um and and twitter is not all bad uh, on the contrary I, I i use it and i use it basically only for crypto. Uh, so it's uh, it's still a good source of information, but it, it really depends on who you're following. Well, that's what we're trying to do also at Ledger is to really, you know, double down on education and try and provide people with uh, different formats through which they can learn about the crypto industry without necessarily having this whole pressure. I'd like to thank you guys for your advice and, and appreciate you coming on the first episode of our new podcast on the Ledger, Life from Paris. Um, I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did and I'll see you guys soon. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's it. Thank you for listening. We'll be coming back soon with more inspiring guests to cover the most exciting Web3 projects and innovations. Next week, we'll be discussing the NFT revolution with Benoit Pagotot from Artifact. Share, like, and hit subscribe if that's what you're into. Brought to you by Ledger, directed and edited by Theo Wiesman. This was Under Ledger, live from Paris. Till next time, take care. Au revoir. This content is provided for informational purposes only and is the sole expression of our opinion and should not be relied upon as legal, business, investment, tax advice, or more generally, any type of advice. Ledger will not be responsible for the consequences of reliance upon any opinion or statement contained in this podcast or any omission. Crypto assets are volatile. You should be fully aware of the level of risk involved before engaging in any crypto-related activities, and you should consult your own advisors as to those matters. References to any securities or digital assets are for illustrative purposes only and do not constitute an investment recommendation or offer to provide investment advisory services. Please note that any loss of data, crypto assets or profit is your sole responsibility.